0: Hey guys, I'm David, and welcome to Cucumber Talks. Each week, I sit down with my friends Bryce and Marshall to chat about what's going on in our lives. Our goal is to have honest, vulnerable, and sometimes uncomfortable conversations about our struggles and successes. This week, we are happy to be bringing on a special guest, Chris Palmore. He's the host of the Gratitude Space podcast, and author of three books, including Dear Gratitude, an anthology. In this week's chat, Bryce talks about his relationship with money. Marshall talks about his relationship with his dad. I talk about remarriage. And Chris shares how he's dealing with his dad getting COVID. I hope you enjoy.
1: Well, cool. Chris, welcome to the show, man. You wanna... Happy to be here, Marshall. Yeah, uh, give a give a quick introduction on yourself, ma'am.
2: Uh, sure. Um, my name is Chris Palmore. Uh, I'm the founder of Gratitude Space, uh, author of Dear Gratitude an Anthology, A Year That Changed Everything. And then more recently, uh, Gratitude Journey Volume One. I uh, co-host many um, podcasts on Gratitude Space Radio. So I do a Productions, uh, Productive Accents podcast. I do Birthday Gratitude podcast. I do long-form interviews and also um, do Gratitude and Sobriety podcast. Anyways, I, I do a lot of podcasting. I love talking about people <laughs> and uh, talking to people and creating uh, atmospheres for people to share what they're grateful for. So basically, my the thing that gets me and jazzes me more than anything in the world is just creating space for people to share or come to a moment where they can feel gratitude. Nice. Which is kind of how, uh, how Marshall and I met. So. so thank yeah. You
1: we're yeah, here. local
3: here in Louisville. That's awesome. We're, we're happy to have you on. I had the pleasure of listening to one of your recent episodes. Um, Oh,
2: which, well, thank you. Which one? Uh,
3: I forget her name. She, uh, told her story about, uh, surviving cancer or going through. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. About her mom, um, hiring her mom and every, yeah.
3: Yeah. It was very, I think there's a lot of overlap between what we're trying to do here and what happened on that podcast, because she definitely opened up and was very vulnerable about her story. And I definitely enjoyed listening to it.
2: Thanks man. Yeah. Did you, did you get this? The first one talks about her cancer and gratitude and her second one talks about the 99 acts of kindness. Did you see yeah, I didn't like, make it to the second one yet, Yeah. I just thought you know that yeah. that's, that's uh really, really beautiful and inspiring too. Anyways, they're both really okay. good. Like so that's a different page, but it's like about her mother. And I'm going to have the cool thing about talking to Jenny was we're going to do an episode with her mother. So like oh, at, the awesome. next episode, we're going to bring her mother in and then ideally we're going to bring her mom's sister in because her mom's sister's had cancer too. We need to a daughter to cancer. And then Jeez. the fourth episode, ideally, is we're actually going to bring in their doctor. So like, wow. like I want to like, because there's so much there, like there's so much goodness. I just can't, I want to meet these other people and like hear the, hear their story with them, you know, hear their side of the same story, you know?
3: And I mean, I just want to say you did a great job with that, just listening and letting her tell that story. I mean, that's something I struggle with is just listening. And I think you listened for about 15 straight minutes. So I was like, wow, he's a he's a really good listener. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, well, thanks. You know, we her and I did a t- talked months ago and she told me that story. So maybe that allowed me to just sit back and just let her, you know, like it was a little different from like a cold cold interview you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like I I knew it was coming so I was just allowing myself just to let her tell you know what I mean it wasn't a that wasn't really a question answer interview that was like we're gonna let you share her story she's already shared it's awesome I don't need to like you know what I mean like so um so thank you though I'm taking the compliment
3: yeah it was an awesome story The I I love the part where she found the doctor that she could uh trust because we we Mm kind of talked about that last week about how much <laughs> distrust we have in the medical system and that's I, i'm glad it had that ending
2: yeah I, I i completely agree people should be comfortable with their doctor and they should always get second opinions and just keep looking until you find the person's that's you know resonates with you whatever that means right <laughs>
3: so, so
2: even in my mom's case you know mom's passed away love for her doctor
3: that's so. good all right well um Go ahead and jump into my topic this week and kind of wanted to, not kind of, I I want to share my relationship with money and how it's changed recently or recently being over the past three or four years and just get your all's input because it's something that I realized it's become my passion in a lot of ways and that my identity is very closely tied to money, which I think is a good thing. You know, I've it's weird because I've, I've talked about how I have had different identities throughout my life. And then whenever I lose one, which has kind of been a theme, like I'll have an identity, like I'm a, I'm a Christian and then something will cause that identity to be destroyed or lost. And right now I've got this identity where I'm this entrepreneur and living abroad and earning money through an online business and, and stuff like that. And that, you know, I, I come across people who are very interested in my lifestyle and they want to know how they can do it. And so I, I, I like that. It's kind of new to me. I didn't really experience that when I was living in the US as much as I've already experienced it since I started living abroad three months ago. So I'm adapting to it and I, I enjoy it. I enjoyed so much that I started a blog recently (laughs) hasn't launched yet, but the theme is about learning how to earn money abroad so that you can work remotely and, and live anywhere you want. Um, I, I think I have a fear though of, of losing that identity and, there's this big part of it where I don't know if you guys can, how much you guys can relate, but I feel like the more money I make, the more anxious I become of losing it. Whereas with when you're, when you don't have very much money, you don't really have that problem because you know, you, you, you have different problems. You have problems, you know, like, can I pay this bill? Am I going to run out of money? Is how am I going to afford this emergency? And then, when you start to get more money, your problems change to how can I keep it? How can I not lose it? Um, and neither of them seem that great. <laughs> you know, I guess I'd choose the one where you're trying to preserve it instead of worried about how can I eat? But, um, I don't know. I don't really know where I want to go with this other than it's a complicated issue for me. So I want to talk it out with you all. Yeah.
1: And I'll just jump in there and say, yes, it's relatable. And right now I'm the opposite of you in the sense that I have a a steady paycheck at a job where they just pay me. And it's not even hourly, it's salary. So it's literally the same exact paycheck every two weeks exactly to the cent and it's the same problem you know as it goes up it yeah it's way it's way more difficult to replace or it gets more comfortable to not try to you know back 10 years ago it was really easy to just change jobs or think about doing whatever else because it was really easy to replace it with something like any job, basically, whether it was, you know, a local fast food place or whatever, was going to be able to replace it. So there was like literally no fear that I was going to have trouble replacing, you know, that income. Now it's like, oh, it's a little more difficult. And then you layer on, you know, getting married and you layer on family. And for me, there's a house and there's, you know, you just layer on all these things. Yeah, it's, it's really difficult. What is the quote? Something like the two most difficult things to, you know, become unaddicted to or whatever is heroin.
3: And a, and a weekly paycheck. <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah. Except in my case, it's not predictable, which right. I think adds to the in anxiety. It to it. Because, nope. you know, I could wake up tomorrow and find out some of our accounts have been shut down and, you know, a lot of money turns to zero quickly. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's tough to sleep sometimes. I think over the
1: past year or two, I think we, um, I've been fortunate enough to, I didn't go through losing a job last year, but I mean, even David and, you know, there's other people, like, I think everybody's seen like how volatile right. everything is, not just the, you know, not just the ones where we're like, Bryce, man, your stuff could get shut down. It's <laughs> anybody, like everybody's like, oh yeah, wow, okay. <laughs> so when you were saying you were scared of losing the identity but it also seems like you're not wanting to try to lose it at least not right now. Is that accurate
3: or talk a little bit more about that? It's definitely accurate because it's what I feel excited about. You know, I feel excited about earning money. It's like, it's like all I think about. Yeah. You know, I, I love, I'm, I'm so interested in how other people earn money to live the type of lifestyle that i lead because i you know it's not one 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 way to do it there's a million different ways so it's so exciting for me to meet people here you know when i was living in the u.s i was i never <laughs> i rarely met people i was excited to talk to Yeah. and now i meet yeah. people all the time that i'm super excited to talk to like how are you doing this yeah because they're and, all like in a in a similar boat or a lot of yeah more higher percentage uh-huh and even you know, David, someone like you, I think it's super exciting just to understand what you do and pick your brain, and just having a non-traditional job where you can work from anywhere in the world. I think that's super cool. And yeah, it's weird to be passionate about money, though. Just seems a little weird. How do yeah, you it's th-
2: interesting. Sorry, go ahead.
3: No, go I was ahead, just Mark. gonna.
1: Yeah, I was just gonna say, how do you think you've grown into that as you've gone from presumably zero in in your business to not zero let's say do you think you've become like a better person in that process <laughs> does that make sense not not like a better person overall but like a better person in regards to just money like did you have that did you i guess did you have that same drive before And it's just now flourished into making more money? Or is it picking up as you're making more money and getting more interested? It seems like it's picking
3: up, but. Mm. I'm not quite sure. I don't think I was ever really driven in the way that I'm driven right now. But there was a part of me that always, you know, since I was a kid, I've always been a hustler kind of. You know, when I discovered baseball cards when I was eight, that was, you know, something clicked in me. Like, oh, I can I can make money flipping these cards to other people, or I can make a mix CD. You know, <laughs> I was that kid in middle school who would make mix CDs for people and sell them for five bucks. You know, like I, I guess I've always had that that mentality, or kind of be a little scrappy and hustle, I guess. But then. In when I was a, in my teens and twenties, I think I kind of went through a phase where I was too cool for money. You know, I wanted to be that hipster yeah. who was, you know, I don't po- care poor and smoking cigarettes, and life is meaningless, and I'm just gonna coast. And then something something happened, yeah, in my late twenties, where was like. Now let's take this a little more seriously. Let's let's try something else. Or are you going to say, Chris?
2: I, I was just going to say, you know, I, hearing you talk about your relationship with money made me think about my relationship with money. And I don't, I, I think, I feel like we probably have a different relationship with money. And it's not that I have a lot of money, but, um, you know, I do live comfortably. I, I guess when I think about money and money coming in and money going out, I just kind of think about me enjoying what I have. And, uh, you know, I've been, you know, I, I have a medium pouring arts degree from Savannah College of Art and Design, and I'm with the uh, International Alliance. theater's shut down the last, you know, 15 months. But fortunately, because I was in the union, I've been able to claim unemployment. So I haven't been making money, but the same sense, um, I haven't, you know, you know what I mean? I've been able to um, stay where I'm at, but I just, when I think of money, I just kind of think of, like, comfortability of, you know, being present in what, what, what I have, you know, like, my yeah, I, I have a great condo, you know, I can make, you know, obviously I make the home association fee rent, I could pay my, le- you know, I mean, I think, I think of these check boxes, um, all this, you know, going out and have a nice meal or, I don't know, I feel like, um,
3: so I don't know, it's, just, it's
2: interesting hearing you talk about your relationship with money. I mean, for example, I look at you being in Mexico where you are and I go, hey, wow, right? Like, so like if I, if I had enough money, right, and I had money coming in, like I would go live like Bryce is in Mexico. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. so, but I don't have that really, I don't think about the relationship with money is very different, but I, you know, to me, like, to me, like money allows freedom. Right. And you, that's what I think money to me. Okay. If it was like equal to freedom, right. It allows you to do what you want to do. Right. And I go, wow, i look at you I go, you're in Mexico doing what you want to (laughs) do. So it's, uh, it's just interesting. There's no question there, I guess.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right. It's, it represents freedom it represents options and do you guys have that fear in the back of your mind where it's like because to me it's like oh i could lose my freedom you know if if something happened because i don't know if it's just because i'm pessimistic naturally and you know i I try to practice gratitude chris you know i have a gratitude journal and try to think of things that i'm thankful for and try to look on the bright side, but I believe I'm naturally pessimistic where I think like, oh, things are going really great right now, but there's going to be a fall. It can't, it can't keep being this good forever. So how do I prepare for the fall? (laughs) You know, that, that's how my mind operates. So, you know, I'm trying to, uh, come up with plan B's and plan C's for when shit happens. I don't know if you you guys um, can relate to that.
2: Do you, I mean, are you, I mean, are you living month to month of what you have? Or do you, do you know, for example, you know, I mean, your mind obviously with a fear concept, do you, are you, for example, you told me how much you're paying for the place you're at, which is amazing, you know, so, you know, it's cost me this amount of money to be here for a month. Are you, are you living, is right now, is it month to like, are you in a financial situation where you're like, oh. You know what I mean? Like, where's, where's, is the fear like right up on you?
3: No, no, it's, it's not that it's the, (laughs) it's the opposite. Um, Okay. That money is accumulating and we're like, it's like, what do I do with this? You know, um, am I, am I managing this the right way? Am I organ? Am I optimizing? The right way? Am I um, paranoid that the the government is printing so much money and all my dollars are losing value? And <laughs> what, what can I do to maintain the value of the dollars? Should I invest in crypto? Should I invest in index funds? Should I invest? In, like it just goes on and on and on. Like what I'm scared of, um, not optimizing correctly and then also it all being taken away
1: yeah it it reminds me actually because i have a similar sort of thought process too with with money and i i think of as we're talking about it it's like money is is a scorekeeper in a way and you and i bryce have talked about before like games and how we're sort of naturally competitive and and like games and even specifically chess like i've talked about chess i don't know how many times on this podcast already but since i started playing online more this year my rating has gone really up and down it's crashed because i get on a losing streak and i'm like that gambler who just keeps playing and losing and playing and losing but as it creeps up like it's probably the highest that it has been right now (laughs) and i'm more worried to play now (laughs) <laughs> because i don't want to lose the the score it's just a score that you know it like it's not i'm not a ranked you know I, it's just literally a score like a leaderboard score on chess.com but because it's the highest that it has been or roughly the highest i take each game more seriously where before i'm just like yeah 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 I play and you know i play like these speed games whatever where now i'm like okay lock in make sure nobody's distracting me make sure you know And just as an analogy to anything in life, wherever there's that score, it is once you get more and more, you want to hold on to it. There's like this natural human tendency to want to hold on to it and be afraid of losing it because it feels like you can lose more. Um, Where before, like you said, you can't lose anything because you don't have anything. You know, When you don't have the next paycheck worth of money in the bank, you're like, yeah, whatever. If I lose this job, all I lose is one paycheck or, you know, there's nothing in the bank to lose type thing. But once it starts to accumulate, it gets scarier because it seems like there's more of that responsibility. And, and, but at the same time, that drive, like that you're talking about is super fun, just like chess, just like anything in life, these games that we play. Like, I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) Um, any of these games, like chess score
3: money yeah yeah what what you're describing that that nails it that's that's exactly how i feel and and it's really
1: tough because like you said in the back of your mind part of it is like this is not a good thing i feel really attached to this right as uh-huh. somebody who wants to sort of be free and not be so attached to things but at the same time if you're like me you love it it's like, well, what do you mean? I can't love this thing. You know, like I'm obsessed with it. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's what I think about every day. Like you're saying, you know, I'm writing about it. I'm living it. I'm doing it. I'm, I'm winning at it in a lot of, you know, in ways, you know? Um,
3: yeah, yeah, totally. Absolutely. I, I guess my
2: question, Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, Bryce, I guess I'm keep hearing obviously a fear is a, is a, a wormhole a rabbit hole. We could talk hours about, I'm sure each of us, but um how much of this fear of loss is taking you out of, you know, that's, so I understand fear, right. And it has its own place. And we all, you know, we can, you know, to me, it's like, we, obviously we, it's it's a healthy thing to talk about fear. Fear is a, a real thing, but at the same time, um, if worry and fear is stopping me from like enjoying my time with my wife, then I have a real problem, right? Because, you know, fear normally and worry is about things in the future that you can't really control. Um, So it's like worrying about tomorrow is killing today. You know, that idea, it's, 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 I write about this even, you know, it's even like the past, are you, are we living in the past? Are we, are we, you know, what happened in the past is, is, is so, whatever that is, be trauma, is that, is that stopping me from being here with you guys right now? Or is my worry tomorrow, you know, I'm not going to get this paycheck stopping me from being here because this is all there is. Right. So when I hear about fear, I go, obviously, there's a place for it and it's a real thing. But my question is, like, how much of that fear is bleeding when you step away from the screen or when you do go into Bryce and, you know, Bryce time? That's not (laughs) money or it's like it could be going to the beach or it could just be enjoying a walk or, you know what I mean? Like even like, you know what I mean? Like how much of that fear is bleeding into, you know, Bryce time?
3: That's a that's an excellent question. That is a really great question. And yeah, I talked about couples, couples therapy last week that my wife and I have started. And I'm sure a lot of our our stuff is a result of, um, you know, I talk about how I get so serious. And that's what I talk about in in the in the couples therapy is I get to get so serious and get so worried. And it those moods, I'd say a large percentage of them are a result of feeling stressed out about money. And as a result, I end up in a fight with my wife because I'm in a bad mood or, you know, and then the day's ruined or something like that. So,
2: right, definitely. I appreciate you sharing that last week. I, I, what I listened to last week, that was for about going to camp, Or yeah. thank you, I don't enjoy it, but you know what I mean? I got a lot out I, of
3: it maybe i'll maybe I'll bring that topic up and <laughs> bring money up in in therapy this week.
2: <laughs> That's a good place too. David. your turn, man. I'll be quiet.
3: Oh um, <laughs> Welcome to yeah, the show David
0: I, Thanks. no I just I guess I wonder like of all people, why are you afraid because i I see you as somebody who if you were to lose all your money tomorrow, like you, you would be the one to be able to build that back up without having to, you know, do what people like Marshall and I do, you know, um, which is just like have a like a salary job, you know. Um, I think my... You know, coming from from my point of view, I was, I mean, as you guys remember, very afraid uh, last year, when I did lose my job, and I was just scrambling to figure out, you know um, a way to make money. And that, through through that like stressful, time of kind of freaking out and you know calling my landlord like oh like you know can i how's this work because i <laughs> i wasn't I, I ended up not being somebody who like didn't pay rent but you know i reached out asked them like hey what can i can can we pay like in smaller amounts or and um yeah all that to say is uh you know i I'm fine now like I I'm I'm comfortable. I'm I feel like I'm in a similar boat as Marshall, you know, salary same same amount every couple weeks and um you know, I I want I also want to make more money, but I I think and then maybe this is something you'll talk with the uh, your the counselor about. I there's definitely a balance between like thinking about it too much like I, I see money for you as like a as like your only child that you're like you have to like hold on to them and you want to you know be good to them but you don't like you hold on so much that uh you can't really enjoy them and I don't know if that makes sense but that's kind of what popped into my head so <laughs>
3: yeah yeah I appreciate you saying that. I like to think of myself as somebody who could start over from zero. I just don't want to.
1: Yeah. No, it's a great point. I think of people I know you would be in the, I mean, I don't know a whole, a whole bunch of people, but yeah, the people that I know I'm, I'm with David, I think, you know, if we were all in the, in the same boat and it was like wipe everything clean, I feel like Bryce would be a good one too. To rebound very quickly from that
3: yeah I I, always tell myself if if everything goes wrong can always go teach English in China (laughs)
1: that's what I always have at the back of my mind I'm not afraid
3: (laughs) (laughs) or VIP kid (laughs) yeah exactly
2: you know it's that stoke philosophy Mm. of like you know uh what's the worst case scenario what does mm-hmm. that look like? Right. Uh, and I, I tell you, your friend David saying to you Bryce that he sees you if anybody's life that if you hit the worst case scenario, he's like, price will be good. It, regardless, if you feel that, like that's a huge statement. I, I felt it coming from him. So that's anyways. Yeah, I appreciate that stuff. <laughs> All
3: right. Thank you guys. That that was that was good to talk through. Thank you for sharing. <laughs>
1: All right, while we're on the relationship conversation about relationship with money, as I was writing it down in our in our little chat about what we're what we're talking about here, I was like, okay, yeah, relationships. I've actually been thinking about relationships not just with people, but to things a lot recently over the past couple months, I guess. Uh but anyway, what I wanted to talk about was my relationship with my dad. Um seemed like the natural follow-up from last week talking about brothers and sisters. So and I really wanted to get your, your all sort of take as well on how, you know, growing up with your, did, you know, with your parents, what did you have a relationship with your dad? What was that like? Um, because from past conversations, uh, it seems like, well, I'll, I'll just say my, my relationship with my dad was better than my relationship with my mom. I I may have spent actually more time with my mom it's tough to say as far as I don't know but you know what time amount there was but I always felt more like a not like a like a mama's boy is what we were talking about uh, a couple weeks ago but more like my dad because I was I don't know I was I guess I I looked up to him and wanted to be like him and I hung out with him more even if I spent more time like in the house growing up with my mom um, and then of course we grow up and move away and stop talking as much and then the relationship at least for me sort of changes from a kid dad uh relationship to a there's still a kid dad relationship but it's more it starts to become more of a friendship relationship at least for me which is really interesting because starting to see more i guess vulnerability from my my dad which maybe was there before but it didn't hit me in the same way because the things he was talking about weren't as directly applicable like he's talking about you know maybe talking about money or or finances or something like that and as a kid i'm just like growing up thinking okay don't ever lose your job or don't ever not have money you know that you know Whereas when you're older, then it starts to hit you in a different way. Um, anyway, what I wanted to talk about, I guess, was about a year and a half ago, after some conversations Bryce and I had about talking with, uh, talking with our dads, I um, kind of set up a, a meeting with my dad and there were some things I wanted to talk to him about that were um, just things that I hadn't talked to him about specifically or, or sort of address, I guess. So we got together, this was like, this was March of last year. So March of 2020, COVID is a thing, but it's like in China and everybody's like, well, I don't know what's going on with this. You know, we're, we're in that stage of it. It's before like the 16th, at least around here where everything was like, oh, wait a minute, turn everything off, shut everything down. So we get together and um, really what I wanted to talk to him about were two things, right? One was that I feel like, I don't have a good relationship with him anymore and I really want that. And two, one of the things that I think the reason that I don't have that relationship that I want, apart from just time and distance and I mean, we live in the same town and see each other fairly frequently, um, but we, you know, we just, for whatever reason, don't talk as much, especially one-on-one. But the other thing is uh, I think like my wife and our kids, I think we want my parents in general, but my dad uh, to have a better relationship with our kids. And I think in some way they, as in my parents want that also, but they sort of want to have this sort of distance where they, they don't want to be that family who's too close, like always, you know, hovering. Cause I mean, they live five minutes from my house right now. So it would be very easy for them to be that family. Who's like all up in our business and that kind of thing. And they don't want to do that. So there's a sort of, respect or you know like hey we're, we're not going to intrude type thing but what happens as a result is that yeah I feel like my kids don't have the grandparents that I want them to have and some of that is because I think well some of the, I think some of the awkwardness is because early on with my relationship with my wife there was some certainly some tension and some between my parents and, and, and her. And then as a result, me <laughs> in, uh, in being with her and then, and then getting married and, and, and onward. So anyway, it was, it was kind of a, it, it was one of those conversations where I had thought about for a little bit and was like, I really need to have this conversation, but as it came up, it was like a hard conversation to have. Cause it was like, I you know, thinking back on it now, it's kind of like, well, why wouldn't I just tell him this stuff, you know? Um, but it was a difficult conversation to have with, with him because, um, you know, I don't know why it was, I think it was just because it seemed personal to me and I don't know, they want to, you know, I, like, I don't want to hurt him. I don't want to hurt his feelings, blah, 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 you know, I don't know. Um, so anyway, we had this conversation, uh, like a month later, or maybe it was, maybe I got my timing off a little bit. Maybe it was like in. February when we had the first conversation, then we were like, let's get together again in a month. So we got together again in a month, and the next time we met was a week before everything closed down here. And I remember at the end of us talking, he was like, I forget what. Uh, so so the next time we we talked, we talked about some stuff with um, uh, at, at church and and some things going on. But uh, anyway, at the at the end of that, where the, where all that's going to is, I remember because of COVID, I remember it being like. We wanted to hug each other at the end of the conversation. And he was like, Uh, I don't know if we're supposed to hug each other. And I think that was the first time I ever remember feeling awkward hugging my dad and layering it on top of COVID, right? Of course, there was the whole COVID thing, but there was also sort of this symbolic thing of like, huh, this relationship with my dad is like, never going to be the same again, in a way. Um, so yeah, that was really tough. Anyway, so COVID happens and we don't really see them for, I don't know, probably two or three months or so. Um, you know, we sort of talk and so forth, but we've kind of just at that point, we're all sort of separating like, okay, don't give it to each other. Let's, you know, don't get sick. Just be safe, everybody, whatever. Um, and then, of course, it's been now a year and a half. And I think at that time, when I first had that first meeting with him, I was like, "Hey, let's try to get together or talk. Let's try to like do something one on one every month or so, if we can." And then we didn't. So now I feel like a year and a half later, I'm restarting that process. Um. Anyway, I don't really know what I want to share about all this, except that it feels like way more significant or way more important than I thought it was going to, or that. Um, yeah, that, that I thought it was going to. And I think I just want to, uh, you know, I don't know what it is that I want specifically other than to have that sort of, well, like I've talked about before with friends. I think when I have that relationship where I feel like I can talk to him about anything and I, and I don't have that right now. And he's probably the person that I, probably the person I respect the most to be able to give me advice on things as far as knowing me really well and being able to be like, have you thought about this? And it'd be like, oh, okay. So I sort of missed that, I think. Anyway, don't know where I'm going with all this, but just wanted to share and talk about it. I wanna have another conversation with my dad. And I think we're gonna to try to set something up and talk about some things, try to restart that sort of process we started a year and a half ago that, that sort of got interrupted.
3: Um, it sounds like the relationship became fractured oh i'm not sure fracture is the right word but it sounds like distance occurred when because of your wife is is that right yeah when did things start changing Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah i think um yeah my my wife was probably the sort of the initial catalyst and then there was Probably some rocky periods there, and then we got married, and then we started having kids and then there was sort of a trying to re heal <laughs> phase, but then, um, yeah, I think what happened was it never really came back to what it what what I wanted it to be, and then something we had talked about a couple of weeks ago, I think was asking that question like I'm in this phase of really I just want to talk to my dad and be like hey this doesn't feel like it's working for me like I this is what I want to you know but then the next phase of that what we talked about that I hadn't thought of is like asking him and that was something my wife and I talked about a couple weeks ago it was like just asking him and my parents in general and just people in general like what do you want like is this is is the sort of relationship that we have and like, let's just talk specifically about the relationship they have with, like, my kids. Is that what you want? Like, maybe that's what they want. They they want to just be, in my mind, sort of these grandparents who see each other, you know, our kids every so often, and they're not super close, but they, you know, see my kids on their birthday or whatever, you know, um, where I think I want them to be, like, way more part of their lives. Um But maybe having like I haven't had that conversation, you know, just ask like, hey, what do you want this to look like? And I think they haven't had that with me either, so they don't know what I want. And that's the problem. Right. I think like even as I talk it out, I'm like, well, of course, that's that's definitely the problem. We don't know what we we each other each other wants. Right. So they're trying to guess what we want. Both my wife and I like this distance. So they're like, oh, we don't want to get involved in your life because whatever instead of talking about it and i'm over here like well if they wanted that they would just do that they would just do the right thing somehow like how are they supposed to know you know (laughs) it's like the classic relationship problem of like you're supposed to just guess and know like what i'm thinking like of course not and and i think what's frustrating to me is that i thought i I I thought trying to get this back on track i guess (laughs) like a like a year ago and then uh I don't want to say I went into survival mode because that's pretty strong. And I had a great year last year in a lot of ways, but I just went into like maintain mode, at least with that relationship. Like, okay, let's not, I don't know what it was, why I didn't, you know, but because I mean, we could have called each other or, you know, whatever. There's a <laughs> certainly different ways to, you know, talk with each other. Um, but it just went to like put this on hold mode, you know, and now I'm kind of back in this like, okay, this is still a problem. This is still something I think about. Let's see what I can do to, I don't know, try to try to help or at least understand each other.
2: I think that question of uh, asking them what, how they want the life of your kids is really brilliant. But I'll tell you what I was hearing before, which I really loved. I loved where you said that you miss being able to bounce ideas off your dad. Uh, And I, I, when you said that, I was thinking if you, if you were to sit with him and just Open up like that. Like, I bet that would just open a beautiful conversation. You know, I I can only imagine if you're sitting with me, you go, Look, you know, I, I, we used to be a certain way and I know that we're different people now, but um, I honestly just miss, I miss us. I miss being able to talk to you and and bounce ideas off you because you're just, you know, that you were my go to guy and I I love that so much. You know, what do you, you know, and it's kind of like if you were to be quiet, I'm just curious, I'm sure really
1: a great connecting conversation would start yeah i mean maybe that's a that's a good way just to start it
3: i'm curious do you think your dad is punishing you for decisions you've made in the past like creating the separation as a way to i ask because i'm guilty of doing that with people that i love where if i'm unhappy with decisions they've made my way of getting back at them is to like kind of cut them off or separate mm-hmm. create distance
1: no i don't I don't think so. I think it's I'm trying to think of the right word to describe it, but I think it's more like not wanting to i don't yeah, I don't know like not wanting to interfere because there's this idea that that's what I want but i don't think yeah i don't think of it as as
3: but sort if the like relationship if the relationship was never like that before then why all of a sudden would it be like that um
1: because before there wasn't my wife and my kids so before there wasn't my wife and my kids so there was sort of like a it seemed like there was more of a direct connection and less less other relationships you know, take up time or, you know, take time away from where now it's like, you know, every, every, um, you know, every one-on-one time that my dad and I get together is time that I'm not spending with my family, my kids. And as I say that, that sounds silly, but in my mind, at least, that's how it feels like he's thinking of it. Or Or just like trying to be I think there was growing up, I think there was a lot of identity that I tied to my dad and, and my family in general. And so there's this idea that, okay, well, Marshall wants to make his own decisions, and he should be able to make his own decisions with his family. So let me not be a parent and jump in and make the decisions for him. And so what that looks like is just not being involved as much at all it's super weird though because yeah like on the other side if he if if he jumped in like if i said uh i don't know like just i'm trying to think of a decision where you know like the biggest decision i've made like in the last week is we're we're putting a new driveway in you know so okay um if he were to come in and be like marshall you shouldn't put a new driveway in you should get 12 more quotes for that or don't do a new driveway, you're gonna move in, in a year and it's not worth it for your investment. Or something. like that would be kind of annoying. And I'd be like, what are you like? Let me just make the decision, <laughs> you know? So like I don't want him to do that. But in a way, I also want him to jump in and be like, tell me what he thinks. <laughs> so it's weird. It's like I don't want it, but I want it. I don't know.
2: <laughs> so is your relationship in the past that he would be very forceful with these ideas? Um like like you just said with the driveway if you were to go you know what i mean like you need you need to do this not well, you know, you have, op- you know, pose a conversation, right? Well, you have options. Yeah. This is what I think you should do. But obviously at the end of the day, it's your decision. I pre, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a cordial conversation. Like if you were talking to me about it, opposed to your father, right? I'd just be like, yeah. well, I don't think this or that, but obviously do what's best for you. But he's your dad. Obviously you have decades of a relationship with him and he, yeah. you know, was your caregiver. So obviously it's not like talking to me.
1: <laughs> no, that's, that's a good point because yeah, there's certainly more two things right so one yeah he's my dad so growing up there were certainly decisions where it was like no you're gonna keep playing basketball even if you don't want it even if you don't want to you know (laughs) so it was like that was the kind of dad he was in certain things but there were other things where it was very you know so it was kind of dependent upon what it was right? right um i would also say he's pretty decisive in general which is something i really admire about him um that i sometimes can be it depends upon what the thing is um but what's cool about that is that he'll he'll tell me exactly what he thinks is the right way to go what yeah i i guess i, I like what you said about was it forceful that i don't know It, it um it, in because the sense there's different energy you know obviously yeah yeah <laughs> i i yeah i don't think it actually is when it's when it's like like something about the the uh like the driveway example I don't I don't think it would be like you have to do it this way you know like it's not that sort of energy
3: um what was his energy with your marriage with your decision to get get married that see
1: okay so that's a good question yeah he was like no don't get don't get married
0: (laughs) Mm.
2: Oh, this is where you're coming. See, I knew when you were talking earlier about that, I was like, I really want to hear about that, but I know you didn't want to share about it, but see, that <laughs> makes a lot of sense about why you now don't want to have this con So, okay.
1: So I think I didn't want to say that, but when you say it, when you just ask the direct question, then I say it and then I sort of regret, like, I probably shouldn't have said that. No, probably shouldn't have said it isn't the right way to put it, but. We can but cut yeah. it out.
2: It's he can cut it out. It's factual though. You were just speaking. You did. It's a yes or no question, Bryce. Or you know, it's pretty.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, so so yeah, there was like certainly some some tension there, and then and then obviously we got married, and so then so I think to to elaborate more on that piece or that that part of the history there, right? So it was like. Yeah, I don't think she's the person you should marry. So, okay, so we got married. And in a good way, I think that they tried to, they, as in both of my parents, tried to sort of be like, okay, well, this is the decision you made, let's move on. Like, let's not, you know, let's not keep being like, okay, you didn't do what we said to do. Now, like like you said earlier, Bright's about like, you know, now we're cut off or something. It wasn't like that. It was, it was very much the opposite, really, in in ways that you know, thinking back now, I'm like, I don't know if I would be that good about it. <laughs> like, if if there was something like that with my kids, like, hopefully I would be. I, you know, I don't know, um, but, but yeah, it sort of changed the dynamic for sure.
2: That's and I, that, I, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, and that was
1: part of the conversation too. A, a little bit of the conversation uh, when my dad and I first talked. A couple, I say first talked, but what I'm saying is the first talk of like a year and a half ago too.
2: Yeah, I, I think. I mean, obviously, I, I think it's interesting you said that they moved on, which is great. Um, but I feel like just from hearing you talk, I and I could be wrong. I I feel like this, this strange feeling and even you want to confide in him or ask him things, obviously, is probably coming back to that, which is a big deal, obviously, him not being okay with the person you were gonna marry. But I'm sure now, years later with your grandkids and all that, obviously he's a logical person. I'm sure he loves all of you and is very grateful that, you know, that you marry, you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, you know, it's like, I'm sure he loves your kids. I'm sure he does. Just cause I I've, I've talked to you. So I understand, you know, your, your relationship with your father, you're talking about this. It's like, even if he wasn't on board initially with your wife, it's like, this is the way it is. I I'm grateful. I have, you know what I mean? Like he probably yeah. sees you and he sees your love for her after all these years and these kids and he appreciates that. So But if you're, you know, at the same time, if you're not asking for, you know, if you don't feel comfortable just asking, getting back to that same old dad, like you said, I loved asking banking questions off of you. I almost feel like you stopped probably doing that or feeling comfortable after the whole thing with Mm -hmm. your wife. You know, that's because that's I could see that being a massive roadblock. So. um but if he's gone through it, and if you can mentally get to he's okay and everything is good, you could maybe place yourself back in a position to do comfortability to have that conversation, mm-hmm. or again, like I said, start the conversation going, this is what I miss doing with you, I'd like to get back to doing this with you, you know,
3: yeah, I'm just wondering if your dad would have a roadblock as well, where like my son isn't gonna listen to me ultimately, he's gonna make his own decision and he's proven proven that in the past,
1: yeah, maybe I think that was what was really cool about when we did have that some of these conversations a year or so ago, because I think I saw him I think I saw him more than I had before in that like peer level, and i I'm trying to think of what it was that he had shared or what he had talked about, but there was something that he mentioned that. May, you know, maybe it was something about like finances, or I don't, I don't know. Anyway, it was something that he mentioned in that conversation that I guess more than I had remembered in the past was instead of it being like a, you know, what it, what it may have been was in the past there was some like what do you think, Marshall? But in that conversation, it was like a different level of what do you think, Marshall? And what I mean by, what do you think, Marshall, as in like me giving him advice? And that was a different dynamic for us. But in a way, I think it was really good for both of us. Like, I think he felt sort of that that vulnerability of here's something I'm sharing with you that maybe nobody else knows about that I'm struggling with right here. And, you know, maybe he wouldn't feel comfortable sharing with other people, but because we do have this relationship where you know, we, we know each other, we know history of each other and, and so forth. Um, he felt, he felt comfortable. And maybe it was partly because of the context of that conversation as well, where I had kind of opened up and been like, Hey, you know, there's some stuff that I'm struggling with here. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was cool. I, I remember like, I'm thinking about it now. Like we were, I think we went to Qdoba or something like that. And I remember just being in the car. Cause I started talking, like as I was driving, uh, he got in the car with me and we drove, um, and uh, so, so I started talking, which like as I started talking, I remember being like, oh, this might not be a good idea to try to talk like while I'm driving because I got pretty emotional. And I remember like sitting in this car and like crying with him. Um, and yeah, it was, it was just, you know, like when something like that happens in a conversation, it's like some like there's these walls that kind of come down or, or can like they might not always. But in that time, I think there was. So yeah, I don't know. Something, to, something to sort of work through. I think just maybe bringing it back up and, like, like you guys have said, sort of reinitiate that. And I think asking some of those questions, like what you're saying, Bryce, about like, because if, even if it doesn't feel like these things, like, like you're saying, like, um, is it sort of punishing me or purposely s- creating a situation where it's not as close or something like that? Even just asking that, you know, being very open about it and being like, hey, I, I don't know, like what is the experience like on your side maybe it's helpful i don't know i could talk forever about this kind of stuff so we can yeah. i'm we can proud of you for it.
3: for bringing this up man it's tough to talk about yeah i think yeah thank you
2: i want to say one last thing i know we don't talk every week but i think you, your buddies here you i think i would love to hear you, your accountability in the sense that you're going to take the next step whatever that's going to be and I, that's just my two cents at the end of this cuz it's obviously on your mind if you go going- I hope you. Uh, I hope you make some sort of step in that direction to have that communication. Yeah. Be vulnerable, yeah, man. Vulnerability opens is always the best way to go in these situations. People you love, man. You might not like what you hear.
1: <laughs> you know, I think in the back of my mind, I didn't. I don't think I articulated this, but I think in the back of my mind, want, wanting to have this conversation about it was sort of me, in a way, like ramping up to it. Like, okay, if I can talk about it with you guys, you know. It's
2: like breaking the seal.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Well, because I know that this has happened for me in the past where I, I talk about a topic that I haven't talked to anybody about. And then we'll talk about it here. And then two weeks later, I'm like fine talking about it with everybody. Like, I don't, you know, whatever topic we, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> stuff that I felt was like kind of private or, or whatever. And then all of a sudden I'm like, well it's on the podcast or, you know, I already talked with these guys about it. So, okay, whatever. I might as well tell everybody about it. Like, okay.
3: (laughs) Mission accomplished.
1: (laughs) Check.
0: Alrighty. I'll, uh, I'll jump in. (laughs) So, yeah, I just wanted to talk a little bit about remarriage. Um, my, so my parents got divorced maybe I don't even know now eight years ago or something it's so terrible that I don't know I was actually um, I was actually overseas when it like kind of started happening slash happening but I just wanted to kind of put a little backstory on that
1: check out that episode
0: Well maybe I'll talk about divorce later but yeah I just want to kind of hone in on remarriage because I mean my my basically my mom is getting remarried and it's not like a it's like um uh minister ordained it's it's not like a, a official like uh going like a state licensed or whatever but it is you know I guess we would call that remarried. Um,
1: so wait, it's not state, but it's just going to be like a, like a religious ceremony or that's almost yeah. the reverse of what I always hear. Usually it's not the religious, <laughs> but just state. So, so it's not state, but religious. So yeah, le- like, they're not legally getting married is what you're saying.
0: Yeah. Not, le- not legally, not on paper not like, you know, they can't if they like quote unquote divorce, um, but you know she's a very she's very religious you know it's in the eyes of god as she says and i think her and the the guy that she's marrying have like talked it over and and this is like the the interesting thing is like i don't really know him (laughs) which is fine (laughs) but (laughs) i just wanted to like talk about this a little bit I mean, we can open it up pretty quickly, but, um, you know, on a personal level, I, you know, a relationship level, I I don't have a, I don't have a bad relationship with my mom. Um, I think, you know, the the angriest I ever got was when I found out that her and my dad were getting divorced. That was like, when I was just like, you know, F this and <laughs> like super pissed off. But You know, in all the years, and since then, things are fine. Like, if I have an issue, I can call her, she can call me, we can talk, we can meet, you know, all is well. And I, I personally just want her to be happy. But, you know, obviously there's a a little bit of awkwardness because. Who who is this guy? And they're getting remarried. My mom and dad have been had been married for like forty two (laughs) years. She's like seventy one (laughs) now. So, I I guess my my previous thought was always like, oh, why didn't you guys just like stick it out? And you know, you're almost there, the finish line. (laughs) But (laughs) but yeah, I I do want to focus on like the remarriage part, not like the divorce, because I may talk about that later. But I'm just curious, <laughs> how you guys feel about this. You know, feel free to ask me questions.
1: It's, I'm really curious. Yeah, it's
0: very interesting.
1: <laughs> and uh,
0: yeah <laughs> how
1: how long have you, has your mom and the other gentleman been gentleman. together?
0: Um, I think they've known each other for perhaps a year or a year and a half okay it's not been like a long time and so covid like i said like
1: they met on a a online dating app during covid type thing or how did this oh honestly i i do not know that deep okay i
0: I don't know that deep but you know she i mean obviously is interested in him and wants to have a you know the the rest of their lives together so Hmm. i mean I'm not. But, like, but it's
1: not like out of nowhere for you, as far as like you've known that they've been in a relationship. It's not like she just called you up last week and was like, "Hey, I met this guy. We're getting kind of married. Married. I don't know. Legally <laughs> I mean, I... married. <laughs> this is the first that I've heard of somebody not getting legally married, but getting the the ceremony side. I've that's always the heard nurse. the other way, or just don't get married. Like I, that's
0: yeah. The like thing. there's witnesses. So like I guess. I don't know if it's like how you would even define it, but, um, hmm. a partnership, I, I don't know, but, yeah, and yeah, that's the interesting thing is cause like, I, I, maybe I, it like slipped my mind, but <laughs> I don't remember them. This is going to sound like terrible, but I, I could just be ignorant, but like, I, I don't remember they're being like a courtship, like a long courtship, or, and maybe they were just, maybe they had been friends for a long time. And then they're like, you know, Hey, we want to, you know, fight, you know, fight the fight with Jesus together and, and, uh, combine our, our powers to witness and have, you know, God be the glory and all this stuff. So (laughs) just curious, uh, how you guys feel about it and, yeah, I don't know. You know,
2: David, I'm coming from a completely different space because my dad's widowed for, you know, 7 years now. So, but and he's he's 72. Mm. Um and I for him, I know that he'd be better to have somebody and I would be very happy if somebody came into his life um that filled that void, however you want to put it, you know. Um that allowed him not to feel lonely. i am been, you know, I'm just talking straight, you know, I don't know, basic needs type shit. Right. Um, but in the same sense, uh, you know, you're telling me about your mom and I'm thinking, yeah, the reason they're non-legally doing this is because, you know, in the eyes of God, they need to be married and that's where the ceremony comes in. And she doesn't want to have to mix with finance and the government and the laws. Hey, that's great. Like, you know, um, I, I understand that, but, um, you know, I, like I said, I, I just want my father who I'm going to be talking about, which is just like, you know, Marshall's talking about fathers, you're talking about your mother. And now I'm going to talk about my father because in my time, it's like, I honestly just, I want, I want him, I want him to be happy. You know what I mean? So when I hear you say this, like, even though I understand you can be very upset about your parents breaking up and I don't know what it's like, and cause I had a different experience. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, If you know, I that's where I come from. It's like if she's 71 years old and this is bringing her happiness, um, you know, I don't know that that's what I would focus on if I were you. And again, that's not a question, so I'm not really playing in.
0: No, no, that's totally fair. And you know, she did call me like a couple weeks ago and told me about it. And I mean, that's pretty much what you said is what I said, like, hey, you know, if you're happy, you know, that's that's fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm not going to the wedding, but that's not because I don't want her, you know, I don't want to support her. It just is slightly awkward, but I do, I do want her to be happy. And uh, yeah, that's, you know, great, great for, great for her, you know, kind of thing.
3: Wait, so you're not going because you think it'll be awkward? Yeah, if you don't want to
1: talk about it, don't talk about it, but we gotta ask the question.
3: <laughs> um
0: so I guess my my point for not going it's it's so difficult because it's like if I if I go, then it's like it's like I am, you know. Uh shaming my dad or something. If I don't go, then I'm shaming my mom. But Mm. my, I, my mom knows where my heart is, I feel. And
3: are you saying your dad doesn't approve of this?
0: Mm, Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think he, yeah, he doesn't, I don't think he approves of it. Right. I, I don't. He. I mean, again, I don't. I want to save divorce for later, or maybe never. But <laughs> he uh, basically was not wanting to get divorced. Even.
1: Have you talked to him about about this since? I, I don't. Know, I guess since, since you found out, or since anything of this.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah, we we did bring it up last week and uh yeah, I mean he was you know, he he's doing his own thing. He's, you know, living by himself and like goes and like works out or hangs out with, a, you know, his buddies like working on cars and stuff. He, you know, he has his, his own uh kind of life now, but yeah, he was of course uh taken aback by by the news. Cause I guess from his point of view, it's like, he, uh, I guess he believes in, you know, you marry somebody and you stay with them forever. But yeah, again, I don't want to get like too much into the weeds of, of divorce, but if that helps, yeah.
3: I mean, that just sounds like a really tough situation, right? If you have to <laughs> live, live your life now, kind of being in the middle it's like you're not allowed to support your mom
0: yeah i'm i'm trying to support both of them and i do i do love them i i think it's it's better um that they're i guess divorced now but it's kind of like all right like the divorce happened so you know make make your life you know how you want it to be be happy and uh, you know you can't go back in time. So,
1: and just to put this in context, this it was about ten years ago or so, it, more or less, when when that actually happened. Like it wasn't last year, right? we <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs>
1: like yeah. the band aid just got
2: ripped off.
0: <laughs> yeah, the band aid did not just get ripped off. It was ripped off when I was uh, overseas. So, mm. yeah, it's been a minute.
1: So. so and it sounds like you kind of answered this but just to be clear it sounds like you're really not going to her wedding because for, for like for the sake of your your dad
0: i just i don't want to take sides and by doing it or not doing it that's a side so i'm just i'm just mm-hmm. kind of staying out of it but you know i you know i love my mom whenever i go up to to hang out with them I'll you know I'll split I'll split time I'll, I'll see her too and uh, yeah I mean it's you know it's it's tough that it, I try to be diplomatic and I know by not going I guess is like a stand but um yeah, that definitely uh, yeah.
3: feels like a stance that you're taking
0: it's like do I drive like halfway between here and the wedding and, and stand there, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like what's the, <laughs> you know, mm. what's the, it's, I feel it's like the, I'm, I'm the parent now and like, can't make, can't make all the kids happy.
1: <laughs> it, well, it just reminds me of, like I, my parents have been together to, like since I was born, they're still together, but it reminds me of what I imagine, you know, the classic, like, I think of catch me if you can, the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio where they're like the two parents are separating and it's like, well, who just write down on the dotted line, which parent you want to go to. It's not a big deal. Just write it down. He's like, I can't make this decision. And then like goes and runs <laughs> off, you know, it like sounds like, you know, maybe that's obviously a dramatized version of it, but it it literally sounds like a similar thing where maybe you had that sort of somewhat of an experience like that 10 years ago or so. And now it's almost like asking that question again in some way um obviously it's different because you're an adult and it's a different situation but it feels very much like that sort of a decision and you're trying not to make it
0: yeah i'm and i'm kind of curious about you guys too like you know if it came down to it like are you guys the, are you guys like my father that's like you know one person forever or there's no problem to like you know if we're you know if we're if terrible things happen, you know remarriage is like not a big deal i'm I'm kind of curious where your guys' heads are at,
3: yeah, and I'm curious, Chris, if you were in the same situation as David, would it still be as easy for you to say, "Well, I just want my dad to be happy?"
0: Yeah,
2: well, you know, to speak with David, I'm trying to put myself in his position with mm-hmm. his parents and um, what I was hearing before. So if if I was David and I was being really conflicted about this, I would first probably ask my father how he felt, how would he feel if I went? So if, mm-hmm. if he's had that conversation, because it seemed to me that he's coming from a place of I'm going to hurt my dad's feelings. And mm-hmm. that could be true or if he has a conversation with me, I go, well, that's your mother. you know. He could say yes. He could straight up say, yes, I'm going to be angry at you, son, if you go to the way. That's possible, right? Or it could be the flip side where it's, well, you do what you want to do to your own man. You know, I know you love your mother. I know she appreciated it. So I don't know where the anger, and that's really about where's the anger, right? Or, <laughs> that's where, where, how fresh is the pain, right?
1: <laughs> or in past conversations too, if I remember right, it sounds like your dad might not be the type of person who I think you said he was a little bit more introverted, a little bit more. I, I, what When you ask that question, Chris, what it reminds me of too is I wonder if there's an option where you have that conversation, David, he says, like, it almost feels like maybe his person, I might not know, your, obviously I don't know your dad, but it almost feels like he might give you that as a father, as a, what I presumably as a good father, he would give you the answer. Yeah. Like support your mom. It's not going to, it'll be Okay. But maybe there's a subtext of him not being, you know, completely forthcoming and maybe it still does hurt him in some way. And maybe that's what you're worried about as well. It You know what I mean? It seems like maybe there's a third option in there that's like plays into the conflict of of making that decision where, yeah, you could still make the decision on your own, but maybe it still hurts him. And and then that's where you make the decision and you're like, well, right, you know.
3: If you got your dad's permission and he said, Oh yeah, go ahead. That's not a big deal. Would Would that change? Would that change things? Mm. Like if
1: he encouraged you, Mm -hmm. are you not not really want to go, man? Yeah. It's okay if you don't want (laughs) to go
2: even take your dad out of the equation. Maybe you just don't want to go. That's cool
0: too. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if I was like, if I was really wanting to go, I I would probably just go. Um, But yeah, I mean, if we want to talk about either of them, you know, I talked to my mom last weekend and and she even said like, hey, you know, this is like we even changed the date like one week ago. It was changed like it's a short notice, you know. Well, obviously she would love to see me, but she's like, you know, you're whatever, you know, whatever you decide is is okay. It's it's fine. And I. For my dad, I I don't remember him saying one way or the other. Like, I don't, I don't think we talked about like, hey, is it, you know, like, what if I went or something? I didn't even think to ask because I guess I was, my mind was already set on, on probably not going. <laughs> but, it, and, you know, it's no shade to either of my parents because uh they both have been you know wonderful to me i think if anything i'm a i'm a mama's boy you know i'm the youngest kid and uh yeah
1: it Spoiled. seems <laughs> it seems cool too that take take the conversation about you know whether you go to the wedding or not sort of out whatever you decide on that it seems important in this at this time and and moving forward to uh, to have like some open conversations with both of your parents about this because as I'm hearing you talk about it, it seems like it's a pretty just a significant moment in your life, and you can imagine it's got to be even more of a significant moment in both of their lives in this time where, yeah, something happened ten years ago and it's been an ongoing obviously an ongoing change in both of their lives, but now something, another layer of significance is kind of piled on top of that. So your dad's got to be going through a lot of, you know, thoughts about, you know, if he thought in the back of his mind, we're going to get back together one day, there's a lot of, you know, I'm sure I I don't know what he's thinking, but that's got to be, if I were him, you know, it'd be a huge thing. Right. And then on your mom's side too, it's like this time where she's trying to be happy and, and sort of, move on in a, in a different direction and, you know, to know that she has support or, or if there isn't support, you know, whatever it is just to have those conversations seems like a, you know, a pivotal, a pivotal, a pivotal moment in, in time for, for really your whole family. And then I, I assume for your brothers and, you know, everybody else in your family too your, your sisters. So. Yeah.
2: You know, to speak uh, what Bryce was asking me, cause you know, it, if, if my, uh, you know, if my parents split up and one of them was getting married, um, I I would totally support and just be there. So I, I you know, I, I I read this really great book recently called The Courage to be Disliked and they kind of, and it's it's got Adler's psychology. I really recommend the book. It's really excellent. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of good stuff in there, but you know, it talks about what is your task, you know? So there's different tasks. in your life, you have different tasks, right? Um, But you can't take on other people's tasks. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's where we get problems when we decide to make other people's tasks, our tasks. So for example, in relationships, you know, say you have a mother and a father and they split up your task then is the relationship to that individual. Your task, you know, can't be uh, my relationship to this one person is based on how you feel about them because that's not Mm -hmm. my task. You know what I mean? If, If, for instance, if Marshall doesn't like my friend, friend, Corey, we're just taking this out of the family, obviously, but it's the same thing. It's still point blank. It's not my task to take on Marshall's feelings about Corey because I have my own feelings, my own tasks with Corey. That's my relationship with Corey. So, um, if one task doesn't actually specifically isn't intentionally hurting the other person, that means I'm talking about intentional, right? I'm not talking about you supporting somebody that's different. There's intentional, obviously there's intentional things that are directional, like stabbing somebody. Are you just supporting somebody you love? It's, it's, you know, it's, it, then it's up to you if you want to do it or not, but it, it really, um, so that I'm just using that diagram to go, if my parents split up when they almost did, when I was younger, Um, I would totally support either one of them because I love them separately. I don't, I don't feel I, you know, I don't feel like, um, I wouldn't want to, I would have the conversation. Um, if that was the issue with me, it was one going to hurt the other. I would have that conversation, but it'd be very open. And I would be explaining, but look, you guys taught me to love. I love both of you. Me going and doing this is not hurting you. This is all in your head. I do love you, dad, but I love mom too. So how do I love you both? Well, I let you know, I love you. And because me going to this actually isn't physically hurting you. This isn't me saying she shouldn't be with you. This is me supporting mom and her life. You have separate lives now. Um, That's kind of where I would come from. But I hope you're not feeling like being preachy because I'm not. I'm just saying that um, you love your parents. I could tell you love both your parents a lot. And where do you draw the line? And maybe again, maybe you don't want to go, which is fine. <laughs> you can have any reason not to go, man. I'm not, you know, but if it's, if the reason I think if the reason you're not going to go is because you think your dad doesn't want you to, if that is the reason, I totally think you need to ask him, bro. That's all I'm saying. Have a conversation. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Because Hey, if, if he feeds into that and that's the reason you're not going to go, that's fine. But you don't know that. Right. Cause you haven't asked him. Maybe you, again, you assume and you could be right, but you could be wrong.
0: No, you're, you're fine. I appreciate it. I mean, this is what I, you know, I want to hear this. So I really appreciate you sharing.
2: You're welcome. It's a tough situation you're in, man. I don't, you know, I definitely didn't have an experience, so I don't know. I just, you know, I'd hope I would act the way I'm speaking. Obviously I'm being peripheral. (laughs) I don't, my mom's not alive. My dad, you know, anyway, you know what I mean? I'm not in your situation. So I haven't acted. I'm just saying that's how I hope I would act. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hope my mind would run.
3: I wanted to make one observation. And that is, I don't feel like what you're saying is accurate to other things that you're saying. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Um, I-, I hear you talking about how you love and support your mom, but I also hear you kind of being condescending to her lifestyle and her choices. Like when you were describing the relationship she has with this gentleman um, <laughs> that they're gonna be fighting the good fight and doing this Christian stuff and all of that, and it sounded the way you the tone that you used to describe it it sounded uh kind of sarcastic and like uh you thought it was kind of stupid or and I'm putting words in your mouth here, but that's that was my read on it that. You think that their lifestyle is kind of silly, and that the choice that they're making is kind of stupid i I could be wrong about that
0: mm, no, I mean, yeah, maybe a little bit um i, I w- wait what do you want me to I don't know what to say about that
3: <laughs> i' don't, I'll just make an observation just that, make an observation, yeah,
0: yeah, I mean. Whether I, uh, you know, agree or disagree, that's, you know, that's not, I guess I think the the most important thing is I, I do, I do want her to be happy. And even though they're divorced, you know, I, I genuinely, you know, even though like, I don't, I, I don't even know this guy at all, you know, it's not, I'm, I'm not marrying, you know, anybody and they are the ones that kind of live nearer to each other and probably see each other more often. So, I mean, who am I to, you know, run in there and try to like break up anything,
3: (laughs) I guess. Are you interested in developing a relationship with, with this guy? Are you interested in being a part of their life?
0: Mm, I don't know. I don't really know him. You
3: know, I was, I wasn't. Um, That's why I'm asking. Are you interested in getting to know him?
0: Mm, mm, I guess at this point, no, because I, I don't know him. And I, I've I've not met him or, or was like talked. I mean, my mom talked a little bit about him, but that was, that was it. So I guess. Uh, I mean, if they're going to be together, then, uh, I guess, okay. So my interest is being with my mom, you know, that's my interest right now. Not, not him per se. So, yeah, Hmm. I guess no would be the answer right now.
3: (laughs) So at no point in the future, are you, all right, that's hard to, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not that I'm not
0: interested.
3: (laughs) It's, It's right now. I, you know, oh Yes, may,
0: maybe in the future. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I don't. It's really hard to like answer, like, because how I I don't know
3: him now, but maybe I may I, I'll get, may I get ask why him. that is? Why why you're not open to getting to know him now? Uh, it's not that I'm. I mean, I
0: I I have nothing against him. I just, I mean. I don't, I see my mom, you know, maybe once a month or something. Like remember last was last week or two weeks ago. I hadn't seen any of my family since February. So like, that's the thing. Like when I see her next, you know, that, that might be the first time I meet him if he's around. And I, I don't really have like an opinion on, on him, but you know, if I meet her and he's there, like, let's, let's chat, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't have like a, I don't know, like a, a thought about it right now.
1: Yeah. It's pretty wild how all that, like, I'm thinking back to what I was talking about with, with my dad and my wife and how, yeah, I mean, any of us who've, you know, when you, when you get married, you end up being like that other person is like, there's still some individuality but there's a whole lot of togetherness like knowing the one person like even the way you said it you know if he's around like he's probably going to be around like you know what i mean like if they're if they're married like it's pretty good chance like you know obviously you get together and go out to eat or something with your mom and it's a one-on-one type thing but um it It's actually really tough because, mm, yeah, like there's there's friends that like, right, that you have not just like parents or but like friends that you have that you're friends with and then they get married and you don't like it's not that you don't like the other person that they marry, but you just don't get along with them or you, not that you don't get along. You just don't have that connection to them. You know, maybe they're a close, a close friend and then that other person. It does create sort of a differentness. And, yeah, I'm just trying to sort of process through that. Like, how would that be with a parent and. Because I see what you're saying, Bryce, or I, I think I do with this. Like, it's one thing to love a person, and I do think that you can not love things that they're doing, even if you love that person. But the more significant those things are in their lives, the harder it is to separate those things. You know, like if I don't like rock climbing, but my buddy likes rock climbing, okay, we can go do other stuff. But when you talk about somebody they're marrying or, you know other you know choices they make it's like things that they believe you know more than just stuff they like to do type thing it starts getting harder to separate out do i don't know i'm trying to i'm trying to think of like with your mom do you think that you have like how do how do you feel like your relationship is with her right now in general like is it where you want it to be Mm, yeah i mean with the
0: I mean, with this, like, given situation that, I guess...
1: Or say two weeks before, before you heard about this. Like, was it roughly where you wanted it to be then? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. We, you know, there's been a lot of, like, just natural, like, separation, you know? Just from growing up, from moving to different places uh and i mean maybe i don't know who's to say if it was like um healthy i i I don't think it wasn't but just the you know from like living with them to being away to coming back and kind of like splitting the difference and uh being, you know, an hour away from them. Yeah, I guess the short answer. uh, Yeah, I, you know, I see them. I saw. I saw them as much as I had wanted to. I mean, it's tough, you know, splitting the time. (laughs) But I I appreciate you guys uh, listening to Listening to me uh, <laughs> talk.
3: Thanks yeah. for talking about it. Thanks for if sharing, it was, man. I'm not sure what to say. Other good luck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you.
1: There's a lot going on with it. It sounds like a potentially, I don't know if tough the right word, but yeah, just uh, is a lot, right? <laughs> Interesting. A lot of history. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
2: So am I up to bat then?
1: Yeah, Chris. All
2: right, well I you know you uh about? thanks for sharing guys uh, you know it's interesting I'll tell you it's really funny, you know, when Marshall reached out to me via email I don't know six seven weeks ago, and he he told me i wish I wish I would have brought the email up, but he's like, <laughs> your podcast sounds like the exact opposite of what me and my buddies do um when I read that, I was like you know um." It took my head to the opposite of what I do, right? Because you're like, we just complain. I think you said, we, and then I asked you more about it. You're like, we just complain. But then when I listened <laughs> to your all's podcast, you know, a couple days ago, I was like, no, this is not, this is not complaining at all. You know, like he was definitely not giving me the real, you know, you're giving me this like, I don't know, uh, not bullet points or the meme of the, you know, like whatever. Um, <clears throat> you know, it sounds, what like, I, what sounds I just,
3: like we got to work on our pitch, Marshall. Yeah, <laughs> that's always what been a, the case.
2: Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, speaking from a person in gratitude, uh, you know, uh, and I talked to Marshall about this, you know, being a catalyst for gratitude is is allowing people to speak openly and allowing them, you know, to listen and be present for people. So, like, I see what you guys are doing as a form of gratitude, and 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 I appreciate the openness of sharing ideas in a setting where people aren't, you know, where people are open, they're not pointing fingers at you and they care, you know, like, we're not here as enemies, we're here as Equals, you guys don't even know me and, you know, we can have a nice conversation about what's bothering us. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I think it's absolutely beautiful. Um, more people need to do that. You know, that's uh, when you have any, when you have a problem, it's good to have a discussion. It's good to be able to talk and it's good to have people talk with you, right? Where they're not coming from judgment. Are <laughs> you not feeling judgment, right? So anyways, um, going into my things, I was thinking I had several ideas of things I could talk about, but I decided um, <clears throat> that what I wanted to share that's uh, taking up a lot of headspace in my life right now is my dad, um, as of, I guess, four days ago, uh, he officially got COVID. So, um, you know, a little backstory on that is, you know, a little backstory, you know, my father, I I wanna come from a complete place of love. That way when I start being critical, it's gonna sound like you guys hopefully won't feel like I'm being overly critical. Um, you know, I love my father so much. Uh, he is one of the most important people in my life. Uh, we, I try to talk to him every day. Um, you know, I've, I've gone, I don't want to, to say off the deep end, but the couple, I've got a couple times in my life where I basically, uh, did the thing where you, you know, you take the ship across the ocean, you land on a place and you burn the ship. I've done that twice in my life. Um, And my father was there both times with open arms to allow me to help rebuild my life. So I'm giving you very little bullet points, right? I'm not even, you know, um, you know, even when I, you know, when I, when I, uh, you know, when I went through my divorce, I went and moved in with him, you know, I mean, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just trying to express this relationship to you guys. Um, You know, when my mom passed away, I realized, you know. My my dad, you know, I'll never have. You know, my dad's my only living parent, you know, and that's a big deal. And uh, we are closer, specifically a benefit of that came out of my mom passing away, is we are closer. We were close, but I'm saying we are even closer, right? Um, That's I'm just these are just things of people experiencing things. And his his pain, um, seeing my mom, seeing his pain during the time my mom passing away, actually brought a a lot of perspective to my pain. So it allowed me to put into place where I was in that situation where like, you know, she was my mom, but he was her life. And I totally mean that, Uh, you know, one of the um, most traumatic moments, and I write about this in my book, um, the most, one of the most traumatic moments of the the final week of my mom's life was seeing the doctor, her doctor tell my dad in an offside room with nurses present that we just can't do anything else and seeing him fall down and they were worrying about his heart, obviously. Um, that's, that's the most traumatic moment in that situation. And I'm just telling you, I'm just sharing all that again, because I totally love this fan so much. Uh, he raised me to be a Christian. I'm, I'm an atheist um, you know, uh, which obviously had its own issues. And I'm sure you guys, I feel like there's overtones of conversations we could have in that, but that's, maybe that could be another whole time, um, you know, I, I love him. And, and in the past we've butted, you know, I butted heads, but it comes down to with the belief structure. It's like, I have no desire to change anybody, especially him. You know, I go, I, I, you know, it's like, I don't want to change anybody. You know what I mean? Like he has his own beliefs and bottom line is, you know, you put 60, 70 years of beliefs in if you were, you know, I, I wouldn't want to ruffle those feathers. Cause I don't even know what would happen there. Right. Like, I'm just saying like, I love them the way is. you know, I don't need to change them. Um, I'm sharing all that to speak into, you know, um, he's in his seventies, he's overweight, um, he's pre-diabetic, so he takes, you know, medicine, um, doesn't eat healthy um, and, you know, didn't get vaccinated, you know? And and I shared all that backstory. So that when I tell you his reasoning for not getting vaccinated, you guys are gonna go, oh yeah, you're just gonna get it, right? Um, you know my wife and i got vaccinated and my you know we we worry about these things and um but he's he's the he's the freaking demographic that this thing kills literally he is the demographic he's 70 overweight pre-existing conditions right like i don't know where i don't know where you got you know i mean i, I feel like that's a pretty factual thing unless you're you know but when he, when we, okay, I knew he wasn't getting vaccinated because he said stuff and I let it sit. My wife got really worried about that. And then one day, I think a couple, you know she actually said, you know, my wife, uh, English is their second language and it's, she's okay. She's not great at it, um, but she loves him. She freaking loves my father, right? So she's coming from, I'm coming from, this is my dad. I know what he's thinking. I don't need to have a conversation with her where she's coming, you know, coming from somebody like, well, regardless, you know, I love him. I'm gonna say something, you know, and it's just a different dynamic, um, mm. different people dynamic, you know. And, you know, she basically asked him straight up, "Why isn't he getting the vaccination?" And he went into his reasoning. So I'm I'm just sharing this here because it just really, um, and again, I, I hope I, I I'm trying not. To, I hope this doesn't come off. Again, I shared everything before because I'm not being critical here. But he basically, and this is my issue with belief systems that involve deities that blah, 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 is that he felt that he was being tested and 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 to prove that he was, you know, could stand to the test that, that he proved he believed that God's gonna, he's not, you know, it's not gonna take him with this disease, with this 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 virus. Um he has a strong belief in this, right? This this belief, you know, and in and um, it really <clears throat> upset me and I, and, I, and I needed to explain it to him. I was like I'm, like, I'm like, I'm okay with you wanting to believe that, but you do other things that don't agree with that. <laughs> For example, when you get into a car, because this is preventive, right? We're talking about preventive, right? We're talking about preventing something. Um, when you get in the car, do you put a seatbelt on? Yes. Okay. Um, if you really believe this, you would stop taking your cholesterol medicine. Because this is falling in line with the I'm gonna be taken care of, which doesn't make any sense because he's talking about outside for you know, it's just like I'm like, your life doesn't line up with I was like, I'm like this, I looked at him like, I'm like, you gotta understand, this is the line in the sand. This is your line in the sand. I'm not gonna get a vaccination for a deadly virus that basically targets my my (laughs) group of people you know, this is the line in the sand because of your belief that you're going to not going to get it. That's basically right. The belief was, I'm not going to get this. And this is, I'm being tested. This is my test from God. Right. Okay. That's the line in the sand. Um, so, you know, I didn't mention it again. I let him know again, I, bottom line is I told him I just want him to be healthy. I said, it's to me, I, I, I said very selfishly. I just want you to be around as long as you can be. That's what it comes down to, has nothing to do with political beliefs, religious beliefs or anything. I just want, I, you know, I believe that this, you know, I believe that this, this will stop you from possibly getting COVID and because it's preventative, you should just get it because I love you and I want you to be around. That's, that's my, you know what I mean? That's, that's, that's my whole deal. You know, I love him. I want to be as long as as long as he wants to. And I know he loves life and he wants to live longer. So there's like there's a really conflicting ideas going on there because I'm coming from a very scientific logical, and he's coming from a non-scientific, logical, religion-based idea. <clears throat> Which who knows if my sister put that in his mind, if it was a church person, I, you know, or if it was something on Fox News. I don't know. Um, whatever, right? Doesn't matter. Again, I'm not, I'm not being judgmental. I'm just saying like. Um, so he knew he, he made this decision. Now going back to people's tasks. Okay. We talked earlier, right? My relationship with him. I love him. I shared what I, I believed, and I let it, I let it go because it's his life and it's his freaking task. Right. So it's like, move on. It's his life. It's his task. I shared what I said. He has his own belief structure. Um, and then three or four days ago, now I knew he'd been, he'd been in Florida and I knew he wasn't feeling well. He tells me he has COVID. You know, unfortunately, somebody took him so he could get tested. And obviously, my my wife's much more distraught than me because she lives in these emotions. And I postpone where I where I have a fear, obviously, of him dying. I don't I don't lean into that. Um, I feel like there's plenty if I feel like there's if that happens there'll be plenty of time to do that later. <laughs> um, but I mean, I mean, and you know, this even falls back on my, my mom passing away and one of the most beautiful in this, you know, I wrote this, wrote those two, it like the, one of the most beautiful moments of the last week of my mom's life was my, her doctor, Dr. Williams who loved her so much. And he, you know, he said, he said, uh, we are all sitting around the room and this is him telling all of us what he told my dad pre right. Um, that we just can't medically do anything more, and he said that um, he said to quote Monty Python, "You're not dead yet, and we don't mourn the living." You know, and it's true, and that's going to come back to it's like, okay, if something bad, this is about futuristic things. Some bad's going to happen. Say he's going to die. I don't need to worry about him in this moment. You know what I mean? I can't do anything. Me worrying about it isn't going to help the situation, and if anything, it's going to make me feel worse. Um, so, you know, I've been on the phone the last few days. Fortunately, you know, he's got somebody there that'll bring him food and medicine, and he's staying in a, you know, confined place, a nice place. Um, you know, he's taking his oxygen levels with his finger, which is the most important thing to know that his uh, oxymeters are good, and he, he doesn't have a fever. But Ethan, I wrote him this morning, and I did check my text briefly. For He wrote, he wrote my head's exploding. And even yesterday, mm. he said, I was, he said this specifically, he said, he's like, I was at a point where I was basically, I'm done. I give up. He's like, I don't know what that means, but that's where I was. And I'm, I'm sitting here. I love him very, very much. But at the same time, he, this was his choice. Um, So this is what I'm dealing with. I do believe that he's going to be okay. And I'm going to believe that until I have other reasons to believe that. Honestly, I'm going to keep that in my head unless he's, you know what I mean? Until it's over. I'm going to, I'm going to hold that, I'm going to hold that belief until there's no reason to hold it any longer, just because it it benefits me more. It's a very selfish act. Um, you know, so that's, uh, that's something that's weighing on me. And I'll tell you, my wife who loves like I said, she, she wears everything on her sleeve. Like, um, the secondary thing is like, you know, the in conversation search like, is like, "Was he going to get the COVID vaccination now? And I said, mm-hmm. I said, uh, I said, this is the problem. This is the problem when you do things where you say, I'm doing this for God. You know, it's, here, it's like there's dimensions here, right? Because if you go that lane a train of thought, this was going to happen when, I'm going to say when, because I like to speak positive, when my dad gets over this, obviously he's not going to get the COVID vaccine. You know why? God gave it to him and he delivered him from it. You know what I mean? Like there's, why would he get the vaccine then? He already, nothing's changed, right? He's overcome it. And he was given the gift of overcoming it. Um, I, I feel like that's going to be the, that's how his mind's going to be. I hope it's not, but I suppose, she's like, he needs to understand it comes back. It could be worse. Does he want this to happen again? He could die, you know? And I told her, I said, okay, when he gets back to Kentucky and he's healthy, I will have the conversation, even though I have very little hope in his changing of his beliefs. Okay. I'm done.
1: Now there's a lot going on there. He <laughs> said four days ago you found out.
2: Yeah, I think, I think we're at four days, but he was already feeling sick for yeah. like almost a week before that. So he's probably from the initial symptoms of feeling sick. He's, he's probably, this is probably like day 11.
3: How great of an urge do you have right now to say, I told you so.
2: <laughs> I, I don't, I don't have any urge to do that, Bryce. Cause it wouldn't help. <laughs> mm. Um. It doesn't, you know, um, I'm more just in the present moment, here we are, you know, I try to, I try to, I mean, I know that wouldn't make me feel good. So uh, maybe when he's healthy, maybe I'll feel like I could play that, you know, maybe I could play that ace Trump when he's healthy in front of me you know but is like at this moment because he's in the middle of it and he's saying these things and you know like um i don't i don't feel like um i don't feel like that at all just because it's you know i i try to live my life like again because his this is his task like when things happen that are outside of your control i kind of look at like the car stopped and at that moment we have choices because the car is stopped, right? So now now he has COVID. So the choices are like, what do we do, right? Like, do we sit in the car? Do we go have lunch? Do we get gas? Do we have a mechanic? You know, and and one of those things is definitely not um, me looking at the car and going, "I told you you're going to stop." You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, I have so many questions. Um,
2: <laughs> okay, go ahead, please.
3: <laughs> Maybe just start with the darkest one.
2: Oh, you mean what I- if? You mean to play into what if?
3: Um. I like to think of myself as death positive. Okay. And
2: (laughs) never heard that phrase before.
3: Yeah, there's this actually, you you should look into it. It's pretty cool. There's this whole movement called the death positive movement where you try not to think of death as something bad. And I heard you say that if something bad happens, like he dies. So
2: I'm labeling it. You're right. right. Okay. As
3: as bad. Um, Yeah, I'm just curious about your beliefs about. Death and what you are kind of expecting there, like is it you you don't want him to die of COVID at this age? You want? I heard you say you want him to live as long as possible. Um, yeah, maybe you can expand on your, your thoughts about death.
2: Well, I mean, are we talking about for my father, or for myself,
3: in general?
2: Okay. Um i don't have a fear of death it seems like
1: your your belief on what happens with death is completely different from your father's too Hmm. yes so you have different goals it seems to me like his goal is completely different from yours maybe maybe from what you know from what i'm hearing but yeah go ahead
2: well i mean i don't i don't uh i mean as far as death uh um I don't, I don't have a fear of death. I I enjoy life and I will live life. You know uh, I will continue living life and appreciating life for as long as I'm alive. (laughs) Um, And when, when trouble times do come, I, I, you know, I lean, I lean back into appreciating what I have stance and I can, the more I do that, the more I can find pockets of things that allow me to appreciate tragedy or appreciate things um, that you, you know, didn't go right. So for example, your father died of COVID. We could say that's something you weren't planning, or you could say that's something that didn't go according to you, your hopes. I guess that's where it is, right? We're saying in the line of our hopes. Um, I, but when I flip the script, my, my father l- does enjoy life. And he said many, many, many occasions he wants to live to be 100. So I know he wants to live. I know he wants to live. I don't know if he has a fear of dying because obviously he has his Christian beliefs, um, which is fine. I don't, um, you know, I would be disheartened. (laughs) Obviously if this is what, you know, if my father were to die of COVID when this was specifically in my eyes, his decision, obviously I would be disheartened in that. I, I, at the same time, it can be a reality um i know it won't ruin my life i know that his death isn't my life does that make mm-hmm. sense i don't know how to say that um i i try to live like um the, i think i think that most people get caught up in one thing and they say one sad thing one thing that's like troubling or traumatic thing and they go this is my life this is my life this is my life and every day that's their life, right? Because they're living. And I know, I know about that somewhat because of the trauma I was losing my mother. It's like, I got really upset because I was living in this traumatic state where I kept doing the same loop of this sad moment where I had 40, like 35 years of good moments, 35 years of good moments. Mm. But yet I was allowing, mm. I was allowing say a two week span period of things to completely consume The 35 years and it upset me. And that's what trauma does. Trauma totally does that. And um, you can, I think the most important thing I used to share with people is like, you have a choice. It's totally cool if you want to You go, okay, today, I'm just going to sit in this. Just make it, you know, just make it a conscious decision. Make it a decision opposed to your, you know what I mean? Make a decision opposed to your inside of the dream. You're like, I know I'm in a dream. Um, or wait, I don't know how else to say that. It's like you, you, or you can say, okay, for the next five minutes, I'm going to sit in this and then I'm going to think about something else. You know what I mean? Like it's, um, so for example, I know you speaking to death on the flip side, I know I'll be okay. When my father passes away, I'm hoping it's a long time from now. Um, if it's sooner, I know it's going to be painful I know what that's going to feel like. I know there's going to be moments. I'm going to be completely sad, which is completely okay. But I know that it won't be my life does that make sense i don't know yeah I don't, definitely uh, I, definitely okay i don't know if i answered on my end about death i don't i guess i did right i don't
3: no i got it. i got it okay thank you
2: <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> but no labeling i'm trying you're right i label uh honestly my life like i really only want to i really truly just want to if because we all label everything right we just do that's our lives like i really and honestly all i really want to do is label things either gifts or lessons. That's all I want to do. Hmm. Um, And that's something a teacher taught me. It's like, it's like, obviously, you know what a gift is, right? It's very easy to see a gift. But honestly, when you're starting to feel pain in something or something's bothering you, like if your mindset is there's a lesson to be learned here, there's something good that's going to come out of this, it's going to end up being a gift in my life, you start to see see the benefits in the situation so for example when that car breaks down because this is the outside control force we can either be very angry right we can label this this is bad or we can go what is the gift here what is the lesson what can we do right like looking for looking for avenues um
3: are you labeling this one a gift or a lesson
2: nothing's happened yet so you're talking about my dad getting COVID. i would say i'd Mm -hmm. hope it's a lesson for him Mm -hmm um it's definitely not a gift for me um but it's not happening to me though I don't feel like his COVID is my COVID so it's it's separation of tasks again like um I'm very new it's not happening to me I'm I'm obviously affected by it but it wasn't my action so um this thing this thing I'm hope I'm hoping it's a lesson for my father and in a sense it could be a gift that he's going to not act like this again um But we're sitting in a very, you want to flip it and talk about if he dies, how that would be, how it would take that.
3: Mm, I'm actually interested in what you feel your task is right now. You may have already said it, and I'm sorry if you already have, but what do you feel Um, your, your task is right now with your dad?
2: I think just being encouraging and loving him. That's, that's it. Um, if he was in Louisville, it would be, you know, going over and being the person to help care for him. Um, But because I'm in Louisville, he's in Florida. um, My task is to check in with him daily and to speak, speak, to make check in on him and also to speak positivity to the situation. So, um, you know, reminding him that even though he's in pain right now, this isn't his life,
3: Hmm.
2: which I did yesterday. um, And letting him know that, you know, he's into this, he's, halfway, you know, try to say that you are half, you know what I mean? Like there is an end, you know, you've been having this for several days and there is, you know, it's, you're going to start feeling better pointing out that his, he doesn't have a, he knows that for example, the hospital can do nothing for him. They said, the only reason you come back here is if you can't breathe well. So that's where it comes into the, um,
3: these, these
2: oxyometers, that take your, your, your finger. This is, this is the most mm. important thing. So as long as his oxygen, oximeter levels are above 90, his, his vascular is fine, his breathing and his mm. temperature, he knows it also temperature temperatures down. So those are the two things. Those are two things that if your oxygen level goes too down, that's where you, that's where, that's where the breathing comes in. And that's where you have to be hospitalized. And we all know what direction that is. So right now, again, pointing, I'm like, well, you are in a lot of pain, pain's one thing, but you're very, you know, Benefits. Okay, you are right now, your oxygen levels are good. You don't have a fever. You know what I mean? I'm trying to point out the good stuff that's sitting inside this bad casing. Does that make sense? Because he needs to focus on that. He doesn't need to focus on, you know, pain pain, and everything. Obviously, you're living in pain, but like I was even thinking today because he wrote me, he's like, my head's exploding. I want to write him back and go Get in the shower and turn it on cold. He's not going to do that. But my whole thing's like, oh, you need to do something that's going to shock you into another state, if only for a moment. Now, he's not going to do that. But that's where my mind goes, right? Like, mm. let's, let's, uh, let's do something that's going to make us not think, of, you know what I mean? But he's a 72 year old guy. He's not going to do that.
3: It sounds like you have kind of developed this separation where you've accepted that you can't change your, your dad but you're at the same time, you're still making an effort to change him. Like by giving advice, like, you know, go take a cold shower or something like that. This is something that I struggle with. Um, You know, people that you love, do you, how do you try, if you believe that what they're doing is incorrect, you have this deep feeling that they're doing something wrong or incorrectly and that the way they're living is, is, is not, is not how they should be living. How, yeah, how do you love that person? Do you give advice? Do you still continue to insert your opinions or do you just not insert your opinions? Um, What I'm hearing you say is that you've kind of got a mix of both going.
2: Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I mean, tell him to take a cold shower. I don't think that's, um, that doesn't, you know, there's different advice or different places that doesn't push against his belief structure. So mm-hmm. when I mentioned getting the COVID thing that pushes against his belief structure, right? Belief is like who he is. So that's, the, that's the, like the difference, almost like the difference is the separation of church and state, right? There's the difference. <laughs> like um, there's, there's me making comments about things that are general, right? That don't push against his belief structure because you can't, this is not, see, I have a phrase I want to say, but I'm not going to say it. Um, you know, it's like, you can't just say it. <laughs> okay. And, Don't tease this us is, like us. this is not like when, okay. And this speaks to everybody. If you have your own beliefs that are grounded in things that are written thousands of years ago, you can't argue with crazy. Hmm. You You can't, you can't argue with some, you know what I mean? You can't argue. You can't have arguments with, with something that's so pillar that they can't move. And that could be any belief that could be, that could, you know, that could be, it it doesn't have to be religious based, but I'm saying it just, it ties in very easy to a deities and me believing this thing because there's, there's, you know what I mean? Like you can't argue Mm -hmm. with crazy. So it's like, there's no reason for me to argue with him about his, I'm not gonna argue with this belief structure. I did start by saying he is who he is and I love him. I don't want to change him. But at the same time, you know, when he's not going to get a COVID test specifically because of his belief structure and re- his belief in this deity, I can't really argue. That's why it's like, I can't, I'm not going to have an argument about it because it it's a pillar. Like- it's like running. It's literally me wanting to take my head and run it into the wall. Like there's no point in it. Um,
3: that's so take, the issue. Take that, take that simple suggestion that you believe doesn't, push against his belief system of taking the cold shower. And you said that he's not going to do it, but you suggested anyway.
2: No, no, I haven't suggested it. I just saw a text and I, this is all pregame. No, oh, I just sorry. saw, I saw a text come in because I wrote him before we started. And all he wrote, me. I said, I'm "Just checking in. I got a podcast for a few hours. Just write me back. And all he wrote me, it's <laughs> so right. I write here. Let me, this is fun, right? I got this right here. I wrote him. You guys will appreciate this. Uh, I just wrote, love you, pop. I got a podcast at nine. I'll write, uh, please write me to check in. All he wrote me back, all he wrote was my head is exploding. So I'm just saying, um, I was just saying my thought was, I need to tell him. I didn't say I wasn't going to. I was saying my Mm -hmm. thought was when I talk to him, I'm going to try to say, you know, something that changes state. I'll probably mention the cold shower. I'm just saying, I don't think he'll do it, but I have no Mm -hmm. problem mentioning it. It's just a suggestion, you know what I mean. So maybe that's where we were getting looped into. I have no problem suggesting that to him at all. I just hadn't yet because I haven't talked to him.
1: It seems like there's a a tension in. It, it, well, it seems like there's at least three options with somebody who you, so you can you can have the same belief or you have different beliefs and you tell them that's the advice giving you know unsolicited advice. Hey. you you, you should get this COVID shot or you should get this, whatever you should stop believing in God or, you know, whatever the different thing is. Right. Um, And then there's the, there's the actual opposite where you actually don't have an opinion anymore to where you actually don't care if he believes in God or believes in a COVID shot or cold showers. And then there's this middle ground, which is where I'm going to call it a middle ground, but, It's where you are, it feels like, where, because I hear you saying that you don't, you don't, uh, you don't want to change him, but then you do want to, like, you do want him to take the cold shower, and you do want him to get the COVID shot, but you also have this sort of, where you don't want to impose that, that structure or your belief onto him. So it's this interesting tension that I think we all go through. And I think, Bryce, you were kind of getting at it with what you were saying, where how do you how do you live in that world? You know, and not just you, just like everybody. How do we all live in this world where we because I'm I actually tend to be on the side of just tell people stuff. And I I we've talked about this a lot on the podcast of, well, just don't give it, you know, not giving advice as much and not being as preachy and not being as but I default to that. I'm like, I'd rather just say what I think and say that, yeah, I believe in changing the world. I think I'm, I should change people. The problem with that is that you run into reality and then people don't change and you're disappointed, right? That's the, that's the biggest, that's your the biggest problem mm-hmm. with my, my belief structure. The opposite belief structure of I don't believe in changing people, you run into what you, I, I feel like what you're running into is you actually do want to change people. But you've told yourself, I don't want to like interfere in some way. Um, so I don't know where I'm going with that other than just highlighting. It seems like that's where you're at in this boat of. You do want him to take the cold shower. You do want him to to get the shot. You do want him to. Get better. But
2: that's not. And, the, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say. And I think from where in my perspective, I think that's fine. Like, I think telling him that is fine, too. But that's. You know that's me, uh, on my side of yeah. Go ahead, and try. It. Go ahead and change him, or at least well, at least express that because you might it might not work. He might not change, but at least express that.
2: Well, no, this uh, maybe maybe it's maybe going to tell my story. It's getting confused again. I, I he understood. Okay, because I got the COVID shot, and we'd already talked pre-game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he knows how I feel, so it isn't like this isn't. Right, right, you know what right. I mean? This not, isn't like yeah. I was being quiet. Uh, did you? He he knew. knew all along that as soon as this shot happened we were going to get it he knew this this was a conversation it wasn't a discussion so it's not like you know what i mean it isn't like he doesn't know how i feel Mm -hmm. that comes back around to me why i didn't need to have a conversation about him the shot he knows how i feel Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it isn't like i'm i'm not hiding from it we just had that thing with my wife because she had to express it because it was bothering her so much but at the end of the day you know, it was nice to have a discussion, but it just brought out again, you know, what I already knew the reason he wasn't doing it. Cause he'd expressed that to me. Cause I had, to, I, had I had, mentioned it. I have no, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think I don't want to change him. So the difference that maybe when I say you want to change is like, I don't want to change his belief structure. I don't have a desire to say him to say, so for example, I don't want him. Okay. Easiest thing. To I don't want him to be an atheist. I'm fine. to be being a Christian. It's not a problem mm-hmm. asking him to it's not because that's his belief and that's who he is. And I love him. Me asking him to do something that makes sense, like take a COVID vaccination, is me not, I'm not buckling against believing in Christianity or Jesus. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm speaking from love and science. I will just take science away. I'm speaking from love. I just want him to live longer. It's preventive. Uh, And I did tell him that. You know what I mean? Uh, the cold shower thing, again, I'll mention it to him. I'm just saying, I don't think he'll do it, but I'll mention it to him as a suggestion that so that's no, there's no fear, but it's not, I don't think that I'm suggesting these things. When I speak about change, I'm talking about changing someone's belief structure. I can help somebody out and give them advice. That's great. But I don't think I'm, I'm not changing him. I'm not, I'm not. Getting a COVID vaccination doesn't change his belief in Jesus that's the problem, right? <laughs> He's decided it does because he has his own logic behind that. And there's a lot of Christians that got the COVID vaccination. So that's a, that's a choice, individual choice that individuals make on their own thing. I don't think it, but to me, I'm not challenging his beliefs. If I tell him to take a cold shower, it's not challenging his beliefs. I'm not trying to change his core. So I don't know if those are two different things. So I feel like what you're talking about, I, I want to help people out. That's just help. That's not changing. I'm not changing. Having somebody take a vaccination is not changing anybody. I don't feel like that. Sh- you know what I mean? Mm. I don't feel like <laughs> it's minor. I, it's like if I, you had a measles <laughs> shot 10 years ago, did you, somebody took you to it? Did they change you? No, you just had a shot. Like it's like a day you forget about it a month from to now. Me,
1: I think that, yeah, the core value of believing in God is a bigger belief, probably in your dad's life. And that, that even changes depending upon, there's a lot of people who believe in God, but it's not a. I wouldn't say it's like a core value in their life. They're not running that through all their decisions that they're making in their life. Whereas somebody who's a, a pastor, you know, it's like central on their mind every morning or whatever, you know? But yeah, to me, it seems like COVID vaccine probably is a belief of his. It's not a religious belief and it might not be as a, as foundational. I'd say what it seems like the people I've talked
3: to,
2: he leaned it as a religious thing. He specifically, yeah, he would, God's yeah, testing yeah. me. This is this is my one test I'm going to pass.
3: Because mm-hmm.
2: I, I believe this. Like that's just, so anyways, like, like I said, is, you can't, yeah. you can't, like I said, back to the statement I didn't want to make, like, you can't argue with that. You can't argue with that. That's the problem. It's, you can't, it's because it's not logical. I can't have an argument with it. And if I try to argue with it, I bottom line is if I try to argue against that logic, I'm actually the crazy one.
1: Well, and what it is, is it's arguing against something that has a foundation that so, you can't argue the COVID vaccine against COVID vaccine versus something else if there's an underlying principle that you haven't like toppled first, right? Right, this and that, thing one, up here will be, and that one will never be, and that one will never
2: be toppled because it's his right. decision within his belief right. structure of whatever he wants to say. So, there's no he he would say there's no logic because there is no logic. It's his belief when you talk about beliefs. Um, mm-hmm. You know, again, yeah, you can't I can't hurdle that, and I, I would I wouldn't try hurdling it because it's, to me it's not a the COVID vaccination is not, again, that's why I said, logically, I said, it's cool. I, I'll go back to prison. I said, you don't want to get it. Hmm. I get that. But why is this the line in the sand you're using because you do so many other things where you do preventive causes, where you take God out of the equation, you put your seatbelt on, you take God out of the equation, you take your, your, your medicine. You know what I mean? These are all things that are preventive because he wants to live. These are specifically every day. And that's why I told him, I was like, I want you to continue taking your medicine. I want you to wear your seatbelt. But right now you're saying the reason you're not doing this. And that's why it's illogical to me is because this goes against, you don't do this everywhere this is the line in the sand. That's what really bothered me, right? It's okay if you want to have the framework. I'm just breaking into the framework. You're not, you know what I mean? Like this is not coinciding with the rest of your life. If this is your belief, you don't live this other places. This is the line in the sand. So I was speaking from a logic place within the confinements of his idea. Do you understand? If he wants to live that, that's just fine. I was just trying to, I've just poking mm-hmm. holes at it because it's still, even though we're in an illogical bubble, he's still being illogical inside that bubble that doesn't, Feel with the illogical ability, you know, it's like, so you're, sure you bo- you're, you.
3: you're bothered that your dad is illogical.
2: I, I'm bothered that he's coming from. Yeah. That's one thing that bothers me. Sure. I, I, but it's not even, no, I'm bothered that he's being illogical inside his illogical ability. His belief structure is illogical to me. I'm okay with that. But I'm saying when he pointed out, like Even this was the line it's not consistent. In, yeah, that's that's the point I was that would because now I'm speaking to him, not about him. You know what I mean? Like I'm not I'm not chipping away at his belief structure. What I'm now saying is, OK, we've taken this framework. You've decided this is the framework, but you aren't actually living mm. in this framework. You're just choosing this one point. This is the line in the sand. This Getting the vaccination is the line in the sand. And that's, and I was just pointing out the illogicality. And he's okay. Hey, he wants to be illogical, that's fine. I just pointed it out. Because mm-hmm. again, I can't change him, but I've got to point that out because it, it was important to me.
3: Yeah, it's like- you
2: know, it's, it's a pickle. <laughs> like like David has a pickle, I have my own pickle.
1: All right. <laughs> maybe it's a cucumber. <laughs> yeah,
2: maybe it's a cucumber. <laughs> maybe I got a jalapeno over here. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs>
3: Have you explored detaching from your value? It sounds like you have a strong value that people should live logically. Have you explored detaching from that value?
2: Um, I mean, I'm pretty. Is that a, is that a
3: fair is that a fair statement that you well, think I that mean, people I'm, should I'm, live I'm... logically?
2: I'm completely fine with people living illogically. It's their decision. But um, people that are closest to me, that confide in me and talk to me and I share, you know, we, you know, I I obviously know a lot of the people that haven't got vaccinated, but I haven't had this conversation with them. Right. And there's a reason Mm -hmm. for that. They're not my father. We're not that close. I think that people, you know, like I told you, my dad's one of the closest people in my life. Right. So, so this is very different from Anybody, you know, people I work with that have, you know what I mean? Like I don't have a yeah. conversation with them because it's not, it's not, um, any of my business and we're not that close, but when you're, you know, you know what I mean? It's, it's different. It's, it's, so it's not, I'm completely fine with everyone being illogical. I'm sure that people look at me and think I'm illogical. I'm completely cool with that. Um, when it comes to life or death and people that are really close to me, and I love, um, honestly with my father, cause I, again, I, I t- told you guys, I love this man very much. I was just doing my damnedest to speak to him because at the end of the day, like I said to him, I just want you to live longer. I know you love life and I want you to be here as long as you can be. Cause I love you. That's, and I told him it's selfish. I've come from a complete selfish place. This is preventive. I would really like you to get this done. See I, that that's what that is. He's the only person I've had that conversation with Bryce. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's a very selfish thing. So um, it's not everyone, you know, I'm sure we're all illogical in some levels. So I don't try to, I'm okay with the world being an entropy, and people mean I agreeing with what people do or feel. I'm completely cool with it. But when it comes to people I love, and this is a, you know this is very different. I feel like this is very different. Um, and obviously, we wouldn't be having this conversation if he did. We would have talked right. about something else entirely.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it, it reminds me so much of my wife and how she says when she's in a like a, an emotional negative emotional state she never wants me to solve her problems and she doesn't want logic and that's what she always uh complains about is that i try to approach her with logic and try to make her be logical and solve it (laughs) solve the problem and she always just says she needs a hug or um yeah but
2: well, I mean, we're at the hug phase right now. So yeah, <laughs> it <like> everything, it. <laughs> else, everything else is pregame. Yeah. So I appreciate you guys listening to me. I don't know, you know, um, I'm hoping for the best and we'll, uh, you know, get off here with you guys. I'm going to hopefully get him on the phone and redirect some of his thoughts for a little bit and share, show, show him some love. Let- awesome. Yeah, thank you.
3: We well, hope for you. the best too. Yeah. Thank you thank for you. joining us. I, I really enjoyed listening to you. Your ideas. I wrote down a lot of things. the gifts and lessons thing is really.
2: I, oh, I'll, I like that, that one. down too.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: thanks. I'll, I'll share. Uh, thanks for letting me join. I've enjoyed it too. And I'll, I'll share my my friend Rajesh uh, said he has a really great Mind Valley talk because he has a gratitude book, mm-hmm. and I specifically got that um, from him. Uh, so I'll share that with you. It's a great like fifteen minute Mind Valley talk, but he goes right into that, which I thought was just a brilliant way to formulate, um, if we're going to label everything and I'm even writing about this, like, I just really like to share that idea. If we're going to label anything, let's start, let's, let's just pick a few things opposed to everything, you know. So, cause it's all yeah. about how we label it. We get to just, we get to decide what it all means. We get to decide, you know what I mean? We literally get to decide what it means to us. So at that point, you know, as long as you know, you're in the driver's seat, it's okay. Label it whatever you want, but it's more about letting people know, like you get to decide if this is good or bad. You get to decide if, you know what I mean? Like it's our, you know, you're making that decision when you say it, you literally are saying it. Um, so I think it's an important aspect to let people know we get to decide, which is great.
3: Cool. Yeah, we we haven't had it too many guests on. I don't know if we, do we want to do that that part of the sh- the show where you you shout out all of your your books and stuff.
2: Oh, thanks. So I just where, where can about, people where, find you, Chris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm at, I'm at uh, gratitudespace.com, but um, I have a Linktree. If you go to Linktree, gratitude space, that that'll give links to all the books, the podcast, the YouTube, um, everything I'm doing uh, is at the Linktree. So Linktree, uh, Linktree, I guess it's dot com slash space. Try to make it easy and simple.
3: Sweet. We'll put it in the notes.
0: Hey guys, this is David. We hope you enjoyed this week's discussion. Our goal is to inspire people to have more honest and vulnerable conversations. You can help us do that by not only sharing the show, but also having meaningful conversations of your own. Thank you for listening. And be sure to subscribe to catch our next talk.